of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me on the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Great to be with you today as I discuss matters from a biblical worldview, a biblical perspective, uh, usually related to worship, theology, and culture. And uh, today is a theological issue. And um, I, we are beginning today the season of Advent. Today, December 1st. This Sunday begins Advent. Advent always begins, you have to have four Sundays before Christmas. So it will either be the first Sunday in December or the Sunday after Thanksgiving, always. Um, And so I want to reflect on Advent a little bit. I usually do that every year. Uh, I I myself was not raised in a liturgical tradition, and so Advent was not something I was very familiar with. And so... I think Advent is largely one of the most misunderstood liturgical seasons of the Christian year. And so because it begins today, this is my opportunity to clarify a few things. So my aim in this message today is to eliminate uh, two common misconceptions of Advent, and that is that Advent and Christmas are one and the same, and number two, that Advent solely prepares for the celebration of Christ's birth. So Advent holds a plurality of themes and rituals, including but not limited to expectation and remembering Israel's awaiting of the Messiah. So those things are accurate, but to relate to global Christians as a part of the timeless body of Christ, Advent really focuses more on Christ's second coming than his first And certainly many of the texts that are read and the songs that are sung during Advent focus on the expectation of Christ's incarnation, but we live in a time after that has occurred, but nonetheless await our King's second coming. And so we can relate in many ways to ancient Israel who awaited the Messiah. And so here we are today awaiting the second coming. So uh, now if you were not raised in a liturgical tradition like me, um, you probably are only vaguely familiar with Advent and many times. In fact, one reason I'm doing this is because Advent gets lumped into Christmas and people think it's the same thing. So you will, in fact, you will hear preachers that will preach and synonymously use the terms Advent and Christmas, but they are not synonymous. Advent begins the Christian year. Okay. So I know this is at the, the end of our calendar year right now, but Advent actually starts the Christian year. It does not end it, it starts it. There are two cycles in the liturgical year. There's the cycle of life and the cycle of light. And Advent begins the cycle of light. And so that is the uh, first half of the Christian year. And so I really want to just uh, eliminate some misconceptions about Advent. Uh, it's not the same as Christmas. And we as the church have perhaps done a, uh, a bad job of um, conveying that to people. Um, most people don't think of it. Most people don't even think of why it is important to celebrate Advent. I mean, uh, in many Protestant circles, the only two big Christian holidays that you 
are aware of is Christmas and Easter. And and many times, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Chris, uh, Christmas is a 12-day event. It's called Christmas Tide. It starts December 25th, and it ends right before Epiph- Epiphany on January 5th. And Epiphany is January 6th. And Easter, likewise, is 50 days. It's not one Sunday. And so there are a lot of things. And people may ask, why is this important? This has nothing to do with salvation. Well, you are correct there. But what this does is it's an intentional way to live your life um, in the reality of the story of God. And so while it's not right or wrong necessarily to observe liturgical seasons, it does help in living in the reality of God's story. And it's just an intentional way to do that. And I think there could be some benefits to that. There are some benefits to that. There could also be some uh, consequences to um, employing the liturgical calendar. I mean, the rituals could become, they could mean more than the uh, actual depth of their their purpose, but um, we don't want to get to that point. So today is about Advent. So, so you know, as, as Israel awaited the coming of the Messiah, we as the church await his second coming. And so the Sunday prior to Advent, uh, which was last Sunday, obviously, um, November 24th, that is known as Christ the King Sunday. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It really celebrates and remembers Christ's dominion over everything, literally everything, all rulers, all principalities, all powers, all, all everything in the universe belongs to him. And so Christ the King Sunday remembers that. And so it's an appropriate remembrance and an appropriate reflection uh, to, to reflect upon Christ's uh rule over everything. And then the following Sunday, we appropriately reflect on Christ's return for his people and the end of time. He is the king and he is returning for his own. And so this is an Advent message of hope because our king is certain to return. So I have two main things I want to point out here uh, that are present in the season of Advent. The first is the certainty of Christ's return. So uh, the Bible repeatedly announces that Christ will return for his people in his bodily form. Now think about that. Christ ascended. So he was crucified, dead, buried, rose again on the third day. Forty days later, he ascended. That's one reason Easter is 50 days is because uh, Pentecost happened 50 days after um, the resurrection. Well, 40 days after the resurrection, Christ ascended. That's why you have Ascension Sunday in many liturgical traditions, and it's 40 days after Easter. Uh, that's It's on a Thursday, but then you have um, the Sunday, Ascension Sunday, to remember his ascension. Well, Christ ascended in bodily form. I was once talking to someone and talking about his... Uh, certainly his resurrected body, but his incarnate body. He is incarnate and will eternally be incarnate. And so I, I discussed this with a lady. She had never thought of it. She said, I'd never thought of that, that he's still in human form. And I said, well, what did you think happened to him? And she said, I guess I just thought he became a spirit or something. And and many people think that, honestly. Um, or they don't think about it. They, they just don't even realize it. But Christ is still incarnate in human form. 
And the Bible repeatedly announces that he will return for his people in his bodily form. Matthew 24, 44, Acts 1, 11, Colossians 3, 4, 2 Timothy 4, 8. 2 Timothy, by the way, is, is filled with references to the second coming, uh, second coming there. Hebrews 9, 28. Uh, there, there are several references to Christ's return, and it makes no unclear reference to Christ's return and an end of history. And so scripture teaches that the second coming will be a curse for those who don't know him, but a blessing to those who are his. And so the Advent season celebrates this coming and this certainty. And even, even believers who understand Advent as not as synonymous with Christmas but as a season of expectation, often don't associate it with Christ's return. But it's more about the second coming than the first coming. The certainty of Christ's return assures Christians a reason to celebrate. And so as Israel awaited the Messiah, we too as the church await Jesus' return for his bride. In fact, to some, Christ's return might seem far-fetched or surreal or really unrealistic, and it might be a distant hope to which people cling but grow weary of believing what might seem like an old fable with a glimmer of hope, but it's slowly dying. But rest assured that Christ is coming back. Scripture guarantees it, that he will return. Jesus himself said it. And so remembering the expectation of the Messiah is only a portion of the, of the Advent season. The beautiful link to present-day Christians in ancient Israel is the empathy felt in waiting. Christians know what it's like to wait their Savior's coming, and it's possible that many Christians speak of Christ's return and perhaps even believe it, but they don't live as if it's certain. Yet because Christ's return is sure, all believers' lives should be impacted. It should affect the way that we live. And so the Advent season reminds the church that Christ will return. And in our waiting, in the church's waiting, we stand secure and redeemed before the Father. But a day is coming when we will see Christ in the flesh. So this is a truth that really should resonate with Christians and impact how our, our daily lives are guided. There is a certainty of Christ's return. That should give us joy. This Advent season then is about joy and the hope that we have in that. All of these trials that we face in this life, they will one day come to a close. Christ will return. The second thing I want to focus on here is the expectation and eagerness of Christ's return. So we, we do have a certainty of Christ's return, but because there's a certainty, we should have an expectation and an eagerness of Christ's return. The church can relate to God's chosen people, Israel, in that they also await Jesus' coming. The church, we also await Jesus' coming, albeit his second coming rather than his first. The word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, which means the arrival of a deity or the enthronement of an emperor. So historically, the season of Advent has its beginnings in the 4th and 5th centuries. Um, bishop, uh, there, there was a bishop named Perpetuus of Tours, and he decreed a time of fasting from November 1st until Christmas. Okay, Christmas was already in observance at this point. And he decreed this time of fasting, November 1st to Christmas. But behind this order was an old custom of fasting from November 11th until Epiphany, January 6th. 
And there was no fasting on Saturdays or Sundays. So hence you had 40 days of fasting. And by the mid-5th century, references to Advent began appearing in homilies and sermons. You started seeing that. The time and length of Advent varies, uh, or it varied in, in Roman and Western churches at that time. And in Eastern and Greek churches, references of Advent didn't appear till, till the 8th century. But by this time, Advent, beginning the first Sunday in December or the last in November, four Sundays prior to Christmas tide, that became the standard. And so it has a, a few centuries of history here, but by the eighth century, largely it, it was what it is today. And so Advent is not merely a liturgical ritual. It reflects on a few themes, not the least of which is Christ's return. As Christians are further in time away from Christ walking this earth in the flesh, the eagerness of his second coming becomes more apparent. Advent celebrates first the expectation of Christ's return, and without that expectation, there can't be the eagerness. So believers should expect Christ to return because he said he would. It's a promise. And then because of this expectation, there should be an eagerness of Christ's return. Advent really affords the church an opportunity to celebrate with joy and eagerness the awaiting of the coming Messiah. And so we, as the church, have reason to celebrate because Jesus will return. And the Advent season has taken a long path to what exists now, but it really has been around for centuries. This is not a new thing. And obviously, this was not around in the early church. And Jesus didn't celebrate Advent, but he sort of instituted it because he was the one we were waiting on and we are waiting on. So the liturgical cycle of light, which is what we are in now, the beginning of the Christian year, it grants Christians the opportunity to share with believers of the past who also eagerly awaited the Messiah. He has come, but he is coming again. So Advent represents the church's expectation and eagerness of Christ's return. So we have certainty of his return. And because of that certainty, there should be an obvious expectation and eagerness of his return. So Advent is a hopeful season because Christ will return. And more than remembering a past expectation of Christ's incarnation, Advent is relevant to Christians presently in the church because we eagerly await his return. And so while some may speak of Christ's return as fictional, it is certain. We don't know how, no one knows how, no one knows when, but his return is certain. So for believers, this should be a joyful hope. As Advent begins, my prayer for all Christians is that we would live with the realization that Christ has not yet returned and therefore gives us the opportunity to continue to live and to serve him, but also that his second coming is imminent. So we should be a people of eager expectation and joyful longing because our king will return. So this is my Advent message of hope to you today. Jesus is coming. The king is coming, and it's a certain thing. We don't know when, we don't know how, but he will return one day. So let us live with that expectation, with that hope, with that longing during this Advent season. Thank you for listening to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it